and welcome to this week's episode of the Dramatic Dream Dragons podcast here on the Five Star Network. I am, as always, your host, Sondra Bjorn. Um, we are a podcast covering Dragon Gate and DDT Pro Wrestling. Today is going to be so much DDT because they just had their biggest show of the year. Wrestle Peter Pan 2023 is in the books. And uh, we, me and Dylan, we are, of course, doing the review. Yannick couldn't make it, but Yannick got us a great replacement. Someone I've been wanting to have on the show for a long time. Marwan here on the, the Dra- Dramatic Dream Dragons. Hi, how are you? Hey guys, doing fantastic. Very happy to be on the on the podcast. We're glad to have you. It's so cool to have you on. I, I know you listen to the show. You're a listener to the show, and that uh, makes me very happy and a true fan uh, as well. So I know you're going to have some really great takes. But I'm feeling in my Unagi Sayaka era right now. I feel like I need to assess you to see just how dramatic you are now that you're replacing... Uh, Yannick for this show. He's probably in the air right now, flying away from Japan as as we speak. But I need to see that. I need I need to see. I need to assess you, Marwan. So keep that in mind. We both share uh, our Shonima fanboying, so I think that. So yes, yes, we missed Shonima's presence on this show, but we saw him at the end of the show. But yeah, we'll talk about Wrestle Peter Pan, which happened this past Sunday on the twenty third of July. Live from the Tokyo Ryuguku Kukigigan Sumo Hall. 3,465 fans, no vacancy. That's a good number. It is better than I expected. <laughs> uh, and a success, I would say, because anything above 3K would be a success for the DDT. Well, we know who drew that, of course. Yeah. M- uh, MJ Paul. I was going to say the universal title match, but that was that was my second guess as well, J. Paul. I, I think it's um, Yannick, who has sent in his thoughts about the show, said that the vo- no vacancy part is uh, maybe not true because he felt like the arena was uh, really full. It, it it didn't feel like it was just... For for forty percent of the arena, it felt way more than that. But he, of course, has no idea how it was set up or anything. But he he basically said that the crowd felt bigger than the number in the building, which is cool. Good. Yeah, and the crowd they were pretty hyped for most of the show. So I we we didn't hear it that much because. Uh, they are they aren't that be- good at micing the crowds, <laughs> but I know from a fa- for a fact that they were really hype from in the building. But it's yeah, an emotional big show. So uh, you know you would you would hope for that. Uh, and when you saw at the end when Chris Brooks were ra- running into the crowd and they were all like really hyped for him. The, I, it just, yeah, that that was amazing. But yeah, well. Go through the card from the bottom to the top, starting with the opener match, which was Takeshi Masada defeating Kasuma Sume with the Masada power-up Kobu Muchimuki. Is that what he's calling the Samurai Driver? Apparently, according to Dramatic DDT. Six minutes and 48 seconds, Takeshi Masada wins in a pretty dominant fashion, but I thought Sume looked pretty good in this. Uh, 
Yannick said that Sumi was very, very over in the in this match, and I I thought that was good because this was probably Sumi's best singles performance to date. What did you think, Marwan? Uh, yeah, I, I'm a sucker for young guys opening up any big show, any form, and these two definitely uh, delivered. Um, I think Sumi fits in here much better than he would have at Dragon Gate, and uh, uh, him playing the underdog role really worked because, as you said, he um, he seems to get over with the crowd, and he has great comebacks. Uh, so um, I, I appreciate how Masada was, uh, let's say, presented a tad bit higher than his peers and and we see that in this match where he's mostly dominating and uh uh i think it was a very very good opener and yeah uh, definitely the best performance for sumi yeah i've always liked sumi kind of like a high flying type of guy uh you know mm. brings a little bit of a different style to a lot of these younger guys that they have a lot you know nobody really does the same stuff he does as a like one of the rookie wrestlers at least it kind of gives him a little bit of a, a different style to him obviously masada i agree with what you said about him being presented above the other rookies and you know there's a lot of reasons why i think he's a really great talent uh coming forward so somebody that you can really build around and you know mookie mookie means muscular as well, ah. so it's something about muscular driver. I, I I forget what the rest of what you said was, but uh, it's something about muscular dri driver. Ma Masada power Kobu Muki Muki. Okay, so it's like a, it's like no, a power do I shout your heart out? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at that. Look at that new move that Masada came in there. But yes, uh, a very fun opener, as you'd expect. If anything, um, I mean, I thought I have a different tale going into the show, but a lot of times with these DDT shows. Uh, I'm not always their biggest fan, but I've always loved the rookies. Like I, I could, I could never stop watching these guys because I think they have some really fun and good wrestling. And I thought they did it again here, just a short, short match though. Yeah. Uh, and for these two first matches, I felt the time was fitting, but then the the the, <laughs> the third and fourth match, I'll stay there. Welcome, but we'll get to that. Uh, the next match, Sanjiro Takagi. Uh, Shinshiro Kawamatsu and Yune defeated Masahiro Takanashi, Toi Kojima, and Rukia when Kawamatsu pinned Rukia with the Shimamachi Rocket, which is a spare, uh, after 8 minutes and 30 seconds. I thought this was really fun. Nothing nothing special, but I thought Yune looked pretty great in here with everyone else. And I think Rukia has put on some weight since the last time I saw him because he really stood out in this match as some kind of like more of a power fighter than he was when he debuted. And I, I like that. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Uh, I don't have anything to say really, except Tuni is spectacular. He looks like a star here. Um, I also really like how, how uh, Kojima just hates Takagi with every fiber of his being. Um, yeah, that, that's all. It, it was a fun match. Yeah, uh, you know, a d decent thing. You know, like you said, Uni was really one the one kind of doing the high-flying stuff. Again, trying to get him uh, similar to Sumi, where he had something a little bit different to his, his range. He did that big Asai Moonsault out of the ring. Um, yeah. He had a couple of power spots with some of these guys in here as well. Um, but, uh, you know, 
a good a good little second match here. Nothing to say too much about it, but a, a nice little run through for these guys here, these undercard dudes, just to get a, a spot on the card, pretty much. Masa, I mean, uh, his buddy was going to go over big in the main event, and here does not get a win uh, because he was teaming with Rukia. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, nothing much to say about this match. Then we move over to the next match. A three-way six-man tag match. Minoru Fujita, MJ Paul, and Kanon of the Nation TA defeated Naruki Doi, Toro Washi, and Kazuki Hirata, and Kotaro Suzuki, Yusuke Okada, and Yuya Kuroku when Kanon pinned Kuroku with the Vietnam Driver 2 after 11 minutes and 45 seconds. This went too long. <laughs> this outstayed is welcome after a big time. Uh, Kot uh, Kotaro and Doi had a really fun exchange, but and I made me like want to get a uh, singles match between those two. But yeah, nothing much to say about this match except it went a bit too long for my liking for the for what it needed to be. What do you guys think? You know, Vietnam is a wonderful country. You know, I have a lot of respect for the people there. Good place. Great, great, great country. So why do they get represented by Kanan? <laughs> That's not fair to them, in my, in my opinion. I, I, don't, I don't agree with, the, you know, him using this country-based move. You know, Vietnam deserves better, and I think we all deserve a little bit better than uh, any of Damnation TA, I would say at this point, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. That's about all I can say about this match. I'm, I'm high on canon, honestly. Uh, but yeah, this this match wasn't it wasn't anything. It was just there to be there. Yannick, Yannick predicted predicted that the Damnation team would win, so he got his first like standout point for this. But he would lose that win later. But yeah. Uh, Con uh, he said all. He also said that Conan's photo line was one of the longest ones of the photo lines after the show. So Conan is definitely over with the, with the audience in Japan. Look at him! Look <laughs> at him! Of course he's gonna have a long line. Look at how that that boy looks right now. Come on! Yeah. Now. you know he's gonna be popular with yeah. the fan base. Yeah, for for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, please get out of the nation because I want to like Conan. I I think he can do so much better than he does with this team. Like I said, as a Southeast Asian respector, also shout out to the Philippines team. I gave their first ever Women's World Cup win uh, last night. It was an amazing uh, game there. But as a Southeast Asian respector, uh, you know, Kanan's going to have to step his game up if he's going to continue using that move. Well, is all, is all he's, I'm saying. he's in the semifinal in the Cork and Hall show on the 30th, so we'll see how he does in that. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. But yeah, then we move over to the next match. My notes on this is no, and then a period, no. <laughs> uh, Yuki Sexy Eno, Dungeon Dandy Dino, Yumihito Fantastic Imanari with uh, Imabashi defeated Akito Somotokao and Yoshitomu Shimagashi of the Ibushi Institute with the YouTuber Buchigire Uihara when Eno pinned Akito after a sexy cannon. Nine minutes and forty-two seconds. No, no more. <laughs> <laughs> you you know I I, I hate this because because I'm a big fan of Akito. I think uh, he's a very unique guy. 
uh, and he's basically been stuck in this uh, storyline for what is it two yeah what, a year or something yeah it's it's just almost two years <laughs> almost two years yeah uh do you guys remember remember anything the ibushi guy did the ibushi institute guy yoshitomo shimogashi did in this match because i don't recall a thing uh, he did he, he had nice hair true <laughs> good point good point he looked yep. kind of confused about all this. He, he should have known what he was getting into, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. God damn it. Why did why did this get so so many minutes? Whatever. Uh, this is this is the heart of soul of DDT right here. This is pheromones representing the biggest stage with the comedian, the YouTube comedian, with uh Ibabayashi was there. With the Ibushi Institute guy, I mean, they had a little bit of everything uh, on here. And uh, honestly, though, I do agree with you about Akito. I think that guy is like, like yeah, a really tremendous yeah. wrestler. It's unfortunate that, I mean, it's unfortunate for the fans, but for him, he's probably like, oh, well, I don't have to bump or anything in these <laughs> matches. So I, I, I can, you know, preserve my myself with these. So he's probably happy. But for me, as a fan, I want to see him have better matches. Yeah, yeah. Akito is definitely like the the dramatic dream dragon's most underrated uh, time on DDT for sure. He 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 should be in another spot. But yeah, uh, let's not he talk about role. pheromones anymore. Uh, let's move over to the mascot match because that that was DDT's heart and soul for me. Special tag match: Shitan and Poketan, the Holy Alliance, as I dubbed them last week, defeated Andrasa, uh, the Giant Panda. And Super Sasodango Machine when she Tom pins Sasodango with a Shikopo trigger after 11 minutes and 50 seconds. So this, in the start of this, I I wasn't that into it. I felt everything was a bit slow. But then when Andrasa got in and they started doing that, like he's eating Super Sasodango Machine bits and they, all that, I, I got really into this and I thought it was really fun. Very charming match. What do you guys think? Uh, Dylan, please go ahead. Oh, I love this match. Uh, I thought it was so awesome. Like, ev everything about it, all four of them. I mean, he came out, like, Sasa Dog Machine came out, like, uh, wrapped up in, like, this bamboo stuff, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Uh, and that was like, a very interesting team, <laughs> that team gimmick there. But they did some stuff with the lights going on and off. Like you said, he was eating them, and then he he magically came back somehow. Uh, you know, I, I, I threw, you know, and uh, then you had stuff with uh, the Poketon and Cheetah team was just so fun to me. They were actually the funny thing is they were actually trying to do moves like yeah. and stuff, which was very funny to me. Now that you have Sasa Dog Machine, you have this added element of an actual person in there with yeah. these mascots, and I thought it made it even better. Uh, pretty much. Well, you know, we saw uh, them team up. They were actually doing double team moves. Uh, you know, the picture on Dramatic DDT is of Poketon doing a Swanton bomb, which is just awesome. I, that, I can use this as a phone back. When he, when, he, when he landed, that looked so painful, that landing. Yeah, it, yeah he, he channeled his inner great Sasaki for that. I know, and that's the impressive thing. Like, genuinely, in addition to just being goofy comedy that was so much fun, it was legitimately impressive to see whoever this was inside of here do this stuff. It was so yeah. so awesome. Yeah, I. So 
Uh, apparently, Andras the Giant Panda and Super Sasa Lunga uh, Machine's team name is the Food Chain. And uh, Shitan <laughs> uh, she, and Poketon's team is the Shikapo Ultra Cute Alliance, which, I mean, it's close to the Holy Alliance, which I dubbed them, but I, I, I prefer the Holy Alliance, but I will also call them the Ultra Cute Alliance, if that's Well, okay. they cannot be holy, as we saw in... Uh, Cheetan attempted to murder someone with a True. sword that came out here. Th that was a sacrifice. It wasn't... When, <laughs> when Super <laughs> Sosodang Machine got eaten and <laughs> Matsui the ref took up the mask and acted like he had actually gotten eaten. <laughs> it was so good acting. Oh man, Matsui was so... He was such a like highlight of that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and when they and when Sasa go back, they had like this this slime thing on his neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maron, what did you think about this? Uh, yeah, the, this was just peak DDT comedy, unlike the match before. Yes. Um, any match where I can see a panda eating his teammate is obviously going to be a match of the year contender. So yeah, that that's uh, that's all. Yes. And then in the next match, we had the KOD six man tag titles on the line. Harimau, uh, Kasusara Iguchi, Ryuta Nakatsu, and Yuki Ishida making their first defense of the titles, titles versus Eruption, Yuki Sakaguchi, Sake Kai, and Hideki Katane. It was a failed first defense when Eruption became the new six man tag titles uh, champions when Okatane pinned Ishida with the double arm suplex. After nine minutes and twenty-seven seconds, this was did not feel like a nine-minute a nine-minute match. This was so fun, like it for me. This felt like it was like a long epic because I was so into this. <laughs> I love this. Just I Ishida Nokutani in the in the last part was amazing. Saki Kai Natsuki uh, Nakatsu having like a awesome. Uh, exchange, Sakiguchi and Higuchi always being great with each other. This was just awesome from start to finish. And Naomi Yoshimura is back ringside. <laughs> so I, yeah, was I was really happy about this. What do you guys oh, yeah. think? This was like a main event almost. It felt like, you know, with all the emotion going into it, um, the real emotion of Saki retiring soon and the story of the, these all, like, you know, Higuchi and Eruption. We talked about that on the pre the previews. Yeah. So I won't get too much into it now. But it all felt so, like you said, epic is a good word to describe it. It felt legitimately big, even for a mid-card match as it was stationed. Uh, yeah. And I thought they wrestled it so strong. Like, every, everybody involved did great. Uh, we saw some great spots. I really loved seeing Akai and Higuchi actually go at it. And it ended with her hitting the Quetzalcoatl on her. After uh, Sakaguchi hit the, the knee. Uh, to, yeah. to help her, pretty much. It was, like, really cool. Like, good tag team stuff there, and perfect for Higuchi. And I thought it was so cool that they put the match, ultimately, uh, the spotlight was on Okatani at the end, uh, along with Ishida as well. Yeah. So I thought that they accomplished a lot with this match. You had the feel-good win, and uh, it was a really great match. Like, to me, this is another... You know, there was probably... I mean, I personally considered the last match a great match as well for, for what it was. Yeah. But other than that, I think you had three great matches on this show, and this was this was one of them for sure. Yeah, for sure. I thought this was so good. Marwan, what did you think? 
Yeah, in a sense, day one eruption, Harimau have always had a very interesting relationship, uh, which always makes their matches very fun to watch. But this one, this was really good. And uh, as you guys said, it had uh, an epic feeling to it. Um, basically, two main stories here. Uh, Saki wanting to retire with a title, and the, and the other story is Okatani. And this was really his match. Yeah. Um, yeah. It actually reminded me of when uh, Shoten Doji uh, faced Kota Umeda, Kojo Takeda, and uh, Yuko Ueno, where those uh, young guys got their first title win uh, at that show. I think it was 2018. So uh, seeing Okutani get this big win here against his, um, his peer in Yuki Ishida was very, very nice. And the post-match was, it, it was very emotional. That's DDT in its best. The post-match, I, I was going to get to this when we were done talking about the action match, because the post-match itself was just so special. Uh, before I talk about that, though, uh, Yannick said that this was a really emotional match for him in the crowd, but and the match was really good for its spot, but you got to imagine what they could, could have done if they got the main event of a Corrigan, because... This as a nine-minute match was amazing, but what could it do if it was a twenty-minute Corrigan main event? It would have been uh, so yeah, even it, more special. It it would have been a better match, but I think having Alcatani's moment at Peter Pan was yeah. definitely the the right yeah. choice for sure. Uh, the post-match of them all handshaking, and especially when Alcatani went up to Naomi Oshimura, who was standing on the rings on the in the corner. And kind of congrats, congratulated Okatani. And Okatani at that point, I think, immediately started crying because he, it's like this spot when you see them help, uh, like take the handshake and you, you see Okatani can't help hold back the tears of his, his first title win. And, and then seeing Naomi Shimura, who's like a very special guy to him, it was that broke me. It was a very special moment for me. I just, because I've been following Okatani's whole whole career now, and I loved that that he got his that win and he got this spot on Peter Pan. Very awesome stuff. And Naomi Shimura being there ringside, please come back soon. Be healthy. I I miss him so much. <laughs> yeah, very emotional post match angle. Then. We have in the next match, Mao defeated Takamichi Noku with his Phoenix Splash after 30 minutes and then 11 minutes, 11 seconds. This was a really surprisingly good match. I did not expect Takamichi Noku to put on this much of an effort in this match. And I thought this was a very, very good, solid match for for what I expected Takamichi Noku to be. <laughs> of course, Mao won, and that was really a really fitting end, but this was cl- the clear best Takamichi Noku singles match in quite a while. Dylan, what do you think about this? Maybe the only uh, Takamichi singles <laughs> match in, in a while, too, so we didn't have a lot to judge it off of. Uh, uh, I thought that this was pretty cool. I mean, the effort was really there. Yeah. I, I thought that they did a lot of good stuff. Uh... And, you know, Taka was trying to kind of keep this match on the rails, and Mao was trying to just do crazy stuff <laughs> for the most part, and then they kind of 
spun it all together into a story of Mao using Taka's moves <laughs> going yeah. in there at the end. So uh, it was it was a pretty decent match. This really isn't my style of match, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, but I mean, for Mao, he got a win over Taka, so uh, that that's something good. Yeah, Marwan, what did you think? Yeah, th this match is right up my alley. I love this. Um... Uh, I wasn't expecting anything from Taka, honestly, so I'm happy he decided to work here. Uh, the, the, the match before this showcased the, the dramatic part of DDT. I think this showcased the dream part, because this match means the world to Mao. And, yeah. and I think that's the main uh, point of it. You know, uh, before this, Mao, um, he lost the uh, extreme title match and then the universal title match. So this was really a, a boost for him. Uh, j just a very fun, solid match. Yeah, I it 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 blew my expectations of a Takamichi Noku singles match in twenty twenty three. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yannick said that this was his piss break match. He <laughs> yeah, he told me that. <laughs> he he missed the start and he didn't really get into it, but because he just didn't he didn't care about Takamichi Noku, so he he took his his he took his chance and went to the toilet and I respect him for it. I, I respect him for it because I, as he said, most of the matches after this was very much for him, except for the obvious one. But then the next match, special tag match, Yuki Onaya return match. Yunakiyama and Shigehiro Irie defeated Harashima and Yuki Onaya when Irie pinned Naya with the Beast Bomber after 13 minutes and 25 seconds. This match was just there. I I don't know. This it didn't work at all for me. I felt I felt like the whole match was just them doing going through the motion, uh, going through their emotions and not really putting on an effort in 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 Sumo Hall and it really let me down for for the potential that they could have had. Um Yuki Onaya felt he he felt good but not as good as he was in the when he in the Yuji Hino match, which of course was his last match before injury. So I don't know. This this match just didn't click for me at all. What do you guys think? Yeah, I was really excited for this cause. Uh, you know the history between Shigi and Harashima. Yeah. But yeah, I left this match feeling nothing really. It was just there. It it was fine. It wasn't bad, but. Yeah. Uh, it was just there. They could have done much more. The, the perfect three-star match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need my three-star wrestling. Yeah, yeah, when we were talking about this on the pre-show, that uh, I was really not that interested in this match at all. Yeah. And uh, it turned out to be pretty much what I expected, which was all about Naya. And, I mean, it's a shame because you have these other three guys... Um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not super huge on Akiyama, even though he's a legend. I don't think he's been doing his best work uh, lately. But uh, Iria and Harashima, like I said, that could have been if that if that had been a singles match, that would have been one of the standout matches probably on the card. And instead, yeah. we get this tag match revolving around Naya, which is not nearly as good as what I just said would be. So I was just thinking, man, Harashima, you you have him. On this big show, you could get a lot out of him. I think a match with him would still be super important if they wanted to do something more with him. And instead, we just kind of got this filler match in the mid yeah. card, which was—I mean, it wasn't some terrible match where everything went wrong or anything. I mean, like I said, the last match was there was like sloppy stuff. If you're 
you know, if you're, uh, you know, you want your wrestling clean, you might not like that as much. But here, everything was clean. It just was uninteresting <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah, Yannick said that he everything he liked everything he saw, but it never felt like it was what got going. And for Yugen Naya's return match, he felt like they gave him nothing in his return match. And I gotta agree, Naya got absolutely nothing in his return match. And it, it felt like they, he was just a, a member of the match and nothing else. Uh, and yeah, for a match that were supposed to be Yuki Unaya's return match, for him to not have like any big moments that are memorable felt really off. Uh, but of course, Irie won, and that would come into play later on in the show in a very surprising way that I'm hyped about at least. But yeah, Irie is back in DDT, it seems, for a short run. Then, in the next match, the special special singles match, the international superstar, Kanosuke Takeshita, returning to DDT to defeat Yuki Ueno, his former tag partner, his for, former faction mate in the Sonic Mina. He and Kanosuke Takeshita did it in a brutal fashion. When he hit a Brutal brainbuster onto the corner turnbuckle to finish the match at the 12 minutes and 53 seconds. This is a lot of people's favorite DDT match this year. In my my tweet about about this show, everyone replied that this was one of one of their favorite matches this year. Marwan, your your uh, saying it was heartbreaking but phenomenal is just a really factual statement about this match because I felt this match was just so heartbreaking to watch but so amazing to watch also. What do you guys th- uh, think? Marwan, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's no secret that the Sana Kamina is my fave unit in wrestling, so you can only imagine how invested I was here. Yeah. Uh, this isn't the first time we've seen Taki be aggressive towards Ueno. I think their Grand Prix match was uh, pretty brutal. But that ended with Taki saying that Ueno's on his level. Uh, in this match, even before that, Taki stated that there's a huge gap and that all Ueno had to do was shut up and follow. A- and it gave the match a very uh, heated vibe, let's say. And the match itself was freaking insane, man. Like, this, this wasn't pro-wrestling love, this is pro-wrestling hate. Uh, just so much heat, aggression, and, and heartbreak in this match. And uh, it's, it, it builds a lot for the future, a lot of intrigue. Uh, just an, an amazing, uh, as I said, heartbreaking match. Yeah. Dylan. Yeah, uh, this match was awesome. Uh, this, to me, was definitely my favorite match of the show. Yeah. Um, I thought that Takeshita is so good at everything he does that he even brought a little bit of fire out of Ueno here. And I think that's one of a lot of people's criticisms of Ueno is that as a wrestler, like his execution, the moves he does, how he wrestles is all very strong, like great talent. He just mm-hmm. doesn't really capture the emotion uh, that a lot of other guys do on the, on the roster. I think here, he, they actually were able to get that out of him here through Takeshita, beating him down, hitting him with the brain buster from the top rope which was like the, the GIF spot of the night on, on Twitter. Like, every, everybody had to yeah. go to that. Uh, looked amazing, obviously. 
that great. It took some. It took some. You know, cojones to take that bump, even for Ueno as well. <laughs> so he did some good stuff there. Ueno was showing a little fire on his comebacks too. It's like Takeshita's brutality wasn't just to, you know, conjure up violence and be badass. It was actually to make Ueno's comebacks that much more impactful yeah. and better. Yeah. Uh, as, as well. Yeah. So I thought it was really well done uh, overall. But yeah, this was a great match. I thought and uh, one that. I, uh, you know, definitely gave Ueno something to go for, you know, like a springboard off of this into something else. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see where they go with him because it seems like we're still doing this. Uh, you know, like I said, after the match, they had the thing. I guess we, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. But as the match itself, it was really great at the end of the day. And I thought both men did a great job and deserve a lot of credit. I, I loved the storytelling just through the facial expressions. Ueno's look was very desperate and and almost like uh, sad that Takeshita had become like this, and Takeshita was like completely dead in in the in behind the eyes, and it was like it almost felt like he was just disappointed about how Ueno was uh, working in this match, and he, I great stuff, a great storytelling match, a great bot match, everything about this hit right, and I'm so happy that. Uh, most people are saying that this is their match of the night. This is. I hope they will capitalize on this and have it be a long storyline. And that I think they could they could have money here if they do that. And also, uh, I, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Uh, I just have to also shout out that the Brainbuster on the corner pad was probably the most brutal spot in the match, but also. The Hidenodashi driver on the ramp was so messed up. I was so afraid for Ueno's head at that spot. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think the way they executed Takeshita, uh, let's say, leaving the Sana Kamina was much more better than him just going, hey, screw you guys, I'm evil now. Yeah. Um, the, it, it was much more powerful how they, they basically don't agree on their views uh, now and, and they can't team up anymore. Uh, also, in the post-match when uh, Takeshita wanted to shake hands with Yuki, Kojima was the one to push him away and that was, that was powerful. That was very... Uh, I love that. Yeah, I, I really liked that post-match of Tegeshita offering the handshake, which I would not have taken after that match, you, because I don't, I do not trust him. <laughs> like Toy, Toy Kojima, you did the right thing, not trusting him, because he would definitely have turned, like, done something more there. Uh, yeah, I really like Toy Kojima standing up to him, and we'll probably see some aftermath of that in the Cork and Hall show on the thirtieth, which we'll talk about later on the show. But yeah, this him basically just like, well. Fine, whatever. I'm out of here. Going out out of the ring was so like heartbreaking, and when like all of the Sonic community just standing there, and not not being able to do anything was so so good. Really great post match angle. But to be fair, he also gave him great advice, where he said, "If you want to win the title, you should just be quiet and follow me, like like you always do." Which was a great heel line. But he's right. Mm-hmm. Ueno should follow him. Be more like Takeshita. Adapt your heel side, Ueno. Uh, be more like Takeshita and you'll be more popular. That would, I think he gave him great advice, actually. <laughs> yes. 
yeah, we'll we'll see how how all of that turns out. Then in the next match, yeah, some more on this. Do you have anything more to say on this? I don't know. Okay, it sounds like you did. Yeah. Then the next match, DDT Universal Title match. <sighs> God damn it, Tetsu Endo making his second defense of the DDT Universal Title. Versus Matt Cardona with Steph the Laundry ringside. It was a failed second defense. Matt Cardona becomes the 11th DDT Universal Champion when he hits the radio silence after 50 minutes and 43 seconds. God, I don't know. This match... This match... It... I have nothing to say on this match because it, it's exactly how I expected it to be before going into the show. I, di- I knew that the crowd di- wouldn't care about this. I knew that the crowd wouldn't boo him. And I knew that he would be playing to the crowd that d- didn't care at all. And it didn't work at all as expected. Te- Tetsuo Endo did terrible being a babyface uh, versus Matt Cardona. This... Or all perspectives, but what can you expect when this this is what what you bring in for the universe title match? What do you guys think? What do you think, Marwan? Uh, I think that this was simply trash. Yeah, I don't have anything to say. Uh, I just think this, uh, other than Cardona being champion, sucks, and the match was. Uh, not good at all, but I think this also kills the the whole idea of of Endo's uh, universal title reign because um, his match with Mao was basically built on uh, I shouldn't be going overseas. I should be uh, bringing more people into DDT. So when the first challenger that comes in and you just immediately lose the title, it made him look horrible. The title looks bad. Mao even the the Mao match was pointless now. Um, the the indie god rules, I guess. Epic, legendary, amazing. Yeah, I regret being on this podcast. <laughs> Incredibly pleasing. None of those words describe this match. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, this was. I mean, exactly what you guys said. Ultimately, a nothing match. You might as well just call it a publicity stunt at the end of the day uh, with, with Cardona. But again, I'll say what I said on the pre-show uh, and why I thought he would win. It's like Endo does nothing for anybody, like to, to me. Like, I mean, he's just a totally dud champion, and taking the title off of him was not the wrong decision, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, he has an injury now, too, on, on top of it, yes. uh, unfortunately. So he, it won't soon I, I don't... I don't know exactly when he got injured in this match, but he has injured his left hand, and it it is a it's the fourth meta metacarbal bone that is uh, has a fracture on it. So uh, get well soon, Tetsu Endo. Bring yeah, back the title, I guess. <laughs> no, I actually don't want to see you versus Mascardone again, but yeah, get back, yeah. get back soon. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing is about this match, obviously. Like, I don't know why a lot of these indie guys, whenever they come to Japan, they're always, it's always the same story with a lot of them. They feel like they need to try to overact and be yeah. stupid. <laughs> like, to, to get over for whatever reason. And obviously in a place like DDT, which is a comically overacting place, 
uh, you would think maybe you could get behind that. I mean, they did some stuff with um, uh, the girl, uh, Steph, and yeah. she uh, was messing around with Endo. Uh, they did, like, a kissing spot there at the end, and they, they set up Ito challenging him. So, you know, I don't know who this is for exactly. Uh, I guess GCW fans, which yeah. they seem obsessed with drawing from and have been for a long time now for whatever reason. I, you know, it's one of the things that nobody can really explain to me uh, why they love GCW so much. But, I mean, we saw it again here. And, yeah, I mean, as a match, it was clearly a nothing match uh, at the end yeah. of the day just you know i don't have any feelings towards this like you know just i i thought it was like a complete void of time that i'll never get back in my life at the end of the day and yeah and the, a lot of uh like yeah <laughs> i i i definitely don't don't this is a match that you have to skip if you watch the show just don't don't watch this match it's not worth it at all um after the match however <laughs> Maki Ito sent in a uh, super chat challenge. Uh, it felt like Maki Ito. He, she she loves sending in the f- video messages these days. She does it in TJPW and he, she does it here. Uh, but yeah, this is a story that they uh, are. This is a feud. Maki Ito and Matt Cardona are feuding in GCW, so they are bring, bringing in this uh, GCW rivalry into DDT, uh, and then they have. They have set the ti- the title match for who's gonna top twenty twenty three on September twenty fourth in Corken Hall. Matt Cardona making his first defense of the championship versus Makito. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't really care about that match at all because I don't care about GCW and my DDT. But whatever. <laughs> the, the, the real forbidden door, if you ask me. Yeah. Stay <laughs> yeah, they, it doesn't work at all. Uh, it's it's like they they are bringing in the GCW rivalry into DDT, uh, and I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe maybe this will lead to Nick Gage making his uh, long-awaited DDT debut. Yay! <laughs> we move on to the next match. We go from talking about GCW to Daisuke Sasaki. I'm sure Dylan is living his dream right now. <laughs> the next match, Mexico Concord presents dramatic dream match. Daisuke Sasaki versus El Desperado. A pretty... It started off pretty, like, not special. But it really got going after it had been on the outside and brawled and a bit. And it was... it. In the last 10 minutes, this match became really good for, me, for my taste. El Desperado defeated Daisuke Sasaki with a numero dos after 20, 20 minutes and 32 seconds. And I thought, in the last 10 minutes, this got really good. Dylan, what do you think about this? You are, of course, it's a Sasaki expert here. Yeah, um, I think that for DT fans, I think this was, uh, you know, probably a really great match that they, they loved. Uh, but I thought it was better than even I expected, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but it was what it was. I like Desperado. I think he did a great job uh, in terms of trying to get the most out of Sasaki. They did some uh, interesting spots and things like that with, uh, you know, the tequila and the roses and, and all that stuff uh, coming in there. 
And I thought that they did a great job of going back and forth with the submission stuff as well. Uh, you know, like the, after they did the early part with the stuff with the roses, then you had the stuff uh, with the crowd where they went and did some crowd brawling uh, going in there. And then they kind of did some stuff in the ring, and I thought it was uh, pretty solid at the end of the day. And now uh, he had a very heartwarming thing after the match. Yeah. That's what yeah. So I, I, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Marlon. Uh, I didn't think I'd see the day where I'd praise a Sasaki match on a podcast. It's here we are. Uh, Despi and Sasaki went into this wanting to have a match they can call theirs, a match only these two can have. And by the end, I think they somewhat succeeded. Yeah. Um, it, it was. I really liked this match. I really enjoyed it. And as you said, it it really picked up in the last ten minutes. Yeah. Um, uh, the main story was really Despi using his numero dos against Sasaki's crossface, and I, man, I'm a sucker for wrestlers struggling to get out of the submissions. Uh, so yeah, it, it was a good match. Uh, definitely over-delivered. I think Sasaki cared here, so he actually uh, put on a good performance. These two have been wanting to face each other f- for like, I don't know how long. Yeah. So, so, so it's nice that they got the match. It, it, it felt special. Yeah, they were talking about, in the post-match, they were talking about having a rematch someday, maybe in New Japan. Desperado joked that he now has a spare key to the New Japan office, so he might be able to sneak Sasaki in. <laughs> <laughs> which which sounds really fun. Uh, but yeah, Desperado won and now has a uh, year supply of tequila. And what a heartwarming thing he said after here, because he said that He's going to split the tequila price in half with Sasaki, so Sasaki is going to, have to get half of it. And also, if the sponsors allowed it, uh, he said that he would, that him and him and Daisuke Sasaki will be autographing the empty bottles and selling them, and all the proceeds of those empty bottles being sold will go to Yoshihiro Sakeyama and Shinjiro Otani's support. And I, that is such a heartwarming thank you. That, like... What an awesome thing for them to do. That's special. Because, of course, Takeyama and Otani both really need the help because they are struggling with health issues. And I, 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 it's so awesome that they, they are doing that. Yeah, the Desperado really, um, he's someone that you can, you can see how much he loves what, he, what he's doing. And, and I'm happy he's been getting these chances to, to wrestle all these different opponents. And uh, I feel like he doesn't just have a cool match to have a cool match. There's always something behind it. Yeah. Um, this match was special, and the post-match made it even better. A very, very nice thank you to, to wrestling, really, and uh, to those two legends. Yeah. Then... Absolutely. You have to respect that with how they... Uh handled that there i thought it was so cool that they did that and i'm i have you know, big ups to, to them for doing that yeah then we move over to the main event kod openweight titles match good come asset presents chris brooks versus yuji hino yuji hino making his third defense of the kod openweight title it was a failed one because chris brooks becomes the new KOD Openweight Champion with the Praying Mantis Bomb after 21 minutes and 4 seconds. And my first note on this this match it was, if 
Chris Brooks loses after that VTR, they will fail. <laughs> this will be a failed show. I said that before the bell rang because that post, that like uh, pre-match VTR was so special. Just even more of a reason why Chris Brooks had to win this match. Which he did, of course. And I am so happy about it. Every, like, all the support he has gotten from after this match and before this match about this just being the right thing to do is so great for him. And I'm so happy for him to get this. And the match itself was great, in my opinion. I felt like they, of course, the story of Chris Brooks winning is the one, is the thing that uh, is the main part of it. But I also thought the work was pretty good throughout the match. Maybe not as good as the as the Chris Brooks and Higuchi match in the King of DDT, but still a really great story told throughout the match of Yuji Hino refusing to take Chris seriously and all that. And it all all just led to a very emotional win for Chris Brooks. And man, what what a deserving win it was. What do you guys think about this? Marwan? Uh yeah. Um this match was very special, and Chris Brooks' rise to the top felt very, uh, let's say, natural and, and special, really, because uh, his last match uh, for the KOD was against Takeshita, and in that match, you can see Chris really, um, he, he talked about how he loved DDT, but he didn't know if he actually fit in. And, and after that match, uh, Takeshita showed him that, no, you have friends here, this is your family, and, and you're part of DDT. Um, yeah. In this match, you can see Chris um, embracing that and, and uh, walking into the match with, with DDT's history on his shoulders and, and all of the love and support of his friends and fans um, on his back, which was, it was amazing. And, and Chris's story in general is... Um, it's one of my favorites because it's just um, it shows that you, you you sometimes you can bet on yourself and actually make it. Uh, yeah. Brooks had a, an amazing performance here. Yuji was the perfect opponent for this. Um, they had a very very good match with uh, a great conclusion and a great ending. And yeah, this this match is uh, definitely a match I'll be uh, holding in very high praise. For quite, 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 uh, quite a bit of time. Yeah. Devin. They did a great job of hyping this up. <laughs> going on there, uh, I think that the bringing in the even in the match you saw him do Kudo's move with the double knees and also Hiroshima's yes. Asomato as well to kind of bring that in there and try to play him in. It kind of what I was alluding to last week when we were talking about it of him being the heart and soul of the company, even as a foreigner, and kind of that guy who represents the company the most. And I thought they totally hit the, you know, hit it out of the park on that end. Uh, to me, the match was a great match. No, you know, no real criticism of anything they did. Uh, obviously, Brooks was going to win. I think that was the thing. There was, like, I never yeah. once for even a second thought that Hino was winning yeah. this match. At the end yeah. of the day, there, there was there was a near fall where uh, Hino hit the fucking bomb. Yeah, and, that that killed me. And it, Chris kicked out at like two point nine 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 nine, and it was 
it was yeah. a very like edge of your seat kick out. So that that kick out definitely had me like worried. <laughs> so well, it was well yeah. done, I would say. But yeah. yeah, like I said, like I said last week, and like I said, unless there was a meteor strike on Sumo Hall, there was no way uh, yeah. Brooks was not winning this match at the end of the day. And uh, so I I was very happy to see how it played out. Obviously, uh, they told a good story, uh, hitting the praying mantis bomb at the end. I thought it was really well done. Uh, Hino did a, a fine job in his part of the work and making it feel like, like you said, probably not as good as the Higuchi match in terms of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. But the emotional impact of it was uh, even stronger, I would say. So I, I was also been... going to say that on the show, this is not the best like in-ring match on the show. That, that is Takeshita and Ueno. But yeah. This, yeah. this as a moment, as a yeah. moment was so spe- special. And I think that, that that is why it's the highest rated match on the cage match for this show. It's, right, it's, because, it's because of the moment. Very much because of the moment, in my opinion. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, this was, this is the main event of your biggest show of the year. Yeah. Ideally, you want it to hit to the point where people rate it 10 out of 10 and, and all that stuff on there. And yeah, I, like, I think that as a match, yeah, the other one was better. But this is what people will remember coming out of yeah. the show. And I oh, think yeah. that... I, already, like, my most memorable moments of this was everything in the post-match angle with Chris yeah. Brooks hugging everyone. Like and him running into the crowd and standing there and everyone in the crowd being so happy for him. A that is what I will remember from this show. That is a, the most memorable part of this. Most of his post match promo was in Japanese. And it he it just felt so right that this guy now has the title and should be treated as the biggest star coming forward because he de- definitely deserves it. Uh, his his dramatic dream has become true, like there and it is actually true because this guy has been a, was a DDT fan when he was growing up. He had when he was fifteen years old, he had a DDT poster. Like this, this guy is for him. This is him his childhood dream of wrestling. This was his goal in wrestling was to become the KOD Ultimate Champion. And I'm so happy that 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 has happened for him because, like, he said on Twitter that don't give up on your dreams because it it may happen. And it it was such a like emotional day for me watching all of the people treat him that way. And now today it was re- revealed that he is going to be on the cover of Shoe Pro, which is also awesome. <laughs> Uh, Yannick said to me that he is going to be trying his best to get a get a Shupo covered and send it to me <laughs> before he leaves Japan. But yeah, I so cool. So cool. Oh yeah, the ending segment when he ran into the crowd, I mean, that was like so like awesome. Like what a great, everything about it was really cool. I would say like yeah. about the post-match stuff and like you said, the message of it all uh, is, is really good. I thought it was like perfect for the story that he was telling uh, as a performer and, and probably quite a bit as a, you know, the real person. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know if Chris Brooks is a real name, but whoever, whoever he is, like the real person behind it, he, uh, he got to live a real life scenario. And that's, that's all the best moments in wrestling is when you know that it's real. Yeah. Uh, it's not, yeah, I, even in something like DDT, which is obviously more of a lighthearted uh, promotion, you could still get something like this. And, and they proved that, and I think that's something that's, I've, I've said this before, 
I feel like a lot of the soul of the company has been missing for a long time now when I watch their shows. And I thought this show in general, but especially the main event, uh, even yeah. more than Takeshi Ueno, this felt like the soul was kind of coming back to it uh, at the end. And I think he was, you got to give it up to him specifically. I think he was a big part of it at the end of the day. And I think that they just did a fantastic job from the production to the match. And then obviously him at the end, I thought uh, one of the better moments of the year in wrestling in general, yeah. I would say. For sure. Everyone like you know, on the roster <laughs> rushing to like handshake and give, give him a hug and all that after after his promo was done. So charming. Everyone was so happy for him. Ueno like crying and happy tears watching him. Him and Mao kissing. <laughs> Just so much great stuff. Shun Mao on their crutches smiling and I, I was so happy with the post-match angle. It was, it felt like I've said, we've said this a lot before about DDT that DDT feels like a family. And if you see this post-match angle, you see that, yeah, they are a family. They, they definitely are. Well, he said that in his promo. He said, hey, DDT stands for Dramatic Dream Team and we're all on the same team. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I think uh, I think any form of entertainment's goal really is to get you attached and make you care. Yeah. Uh, I always think that a, a bad match is better than a match that makes you feel nothing. And DDT at its heart as well, it's dramatic and it's best. And at its best, it gets you attached to everyone and the moments they have. And to me, this this whole main event and the and the post match embodies that perfectly. Uh, most of the people that replied to my tweet said that this is, of course, a the most standout part of the show, and like this, along with uh, Ueno, Ueno and Konosuke Takeshita, was the highlights of the show. And like, I definitely agree. A great show, of course. He was challenged by Shigehiro Irie. He's gonna be the first challenger for Curse Books's KOD Open title. And that is going to be happening on in Ulta Ward on September 9th, which is pretty awesome. I am I'm really hyped for that. Shigehiro Irie, of course, a big name in the history of DDT, a former KOD champion going against Chris Brooks. First defense. I think that is a great first defense for Chris. Hell yeah. No complaints from me. And uh, yeah, and that being the Ultimate Ward uh, uh, main event, we'll see how the number for that will be because I think if we can, if that draws a great Ultimate Ward number, we can definitely see w- what uh, Chris Brooks's drawing power is as as the champion. Of course, this show we I will chalk up a lot of the people in the building to Desperado and Sasaki, but this will. This, of course, is definitely a, a match that brought in a lot of people to the building also, of course. But yeah, Chris Brooks, he came into the company in 2019 and he stayed loyal. He had the opportunity to go but to go and sign with the bigger company that, that were signing up everyone in the, in the UK scene. But he, he said no and he bet on himself and what a payoff it was. So happy. Yannick, of course, said that this this main event was great because it, it it was everything he wanted from it, and Chris winning, of course, made him really happy. And Irie being next is just the cherry on top, so he was very happy. 
And yeah, I'm I'm really hyped for that going forward. Of course, that is not the next the next big show of DDT we're going to talk about because the next big show of DDT we're going to talk about is the Corkin on the the July thirtieth. Hey, before we get there, I got a question. What did he say about that Cardano and, and Indo match? Did you say what he said about that? Uh, sucked. Crowd needed an intermission, and they're not supposed <laughs> to boo. Just didn't work at all. <laughs> Okay, I, I needed to get those thoughts out there because I think you yeah. skipped over them before. So we, we needed to know. Uh, but I, I wanted to say this about Brooks. Now you brought up what you did. I think that what I said, and now you see this, and like you said, a successful show, and yes, uh, Desperado definitely played a part in that. But I do think he put, uh, Brooks' challenge, like the DDT guy going for the title, I think really yeah. worked overall. And he's a guy that I said... Uh, I said this on the other show, too, on my other show, where if this title reign goes well, like, and it, you know, it's off to a good start so far. Let's see where we go ahead. But let's say he's the champion for the rest of the year, and it goes well. I think he's a guy that you have to look at as, like, an MVP type of player uh, overall in the whole scene of Japanese wrestling. If things can turn around and do good and, and he's a great champion... I think he's a guy that you have to keep your eye on as one of the champ- the guys that could be an MVP player by the end of the yeah. year. So I'm really looking forward to this title reign to see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, before we move over to uh, previewing the Corkin, let's uh, any like last things you guys want to say about Peter Pan, how the show felt overall and stuff like that. Marwan. Uh, yeah, I just really think the show was the most DDT show and quite quite a while and that's what you want from your biggest show of the year right yeah um yeah just a total success great show yeah it couldn't really have gone much better i i don't think when you look at the main event what it was uh you got a match for the fans with desperado that's a and you got a really good ending out of that too uh you had to come in and him and ueno have a major match they put over a lot of the, the younger talent, too, uh, as well, like with uh, Okatani getting the title, uh, the six-man titles as well. Mao got a big win on the show. Uh, you know, Brooks, obviously, a fresh champion, new champion, first-ever matchup coming up, him and Irie in Japan. Now uh, you got some comedy in there. I mean, they had pretty much everything you want on this show from a DDT show, and I thought it was, to me, like, way better than most of their shows. Like, yeah. Every show that we've watched this year, like, this was a significant upgrade. I, I thought their other shows were honestly pretty bad to awful, and this was, like, actually really good. So uh, hopefully it's a sign that, that things are, are changing for the company. O- overall, I thought this was a, by far their best show in a long, long time, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, this is up there with the uh, King of DDT final night as, like, one of their best best shows this year, for sure. I definitely agree there. And yeah, I I recommend everyone to watch. Like, I def I I would say watch the show from the Shitan and Pokaton versus Andras the Giant Panels versus Super Hustle Dango Machine. Watch the three. What watch that match? The Harimo match. Uh, the Harimo versus Eruption match. Watch Taka versus Mao. Watch Kanosuke Takeshita versus Yuki Ueno, and watch Daisuke Sasaki versus Desperado, and of course, watch the main event. Those are the must-watch matches from the show, but yeah, definitely definitely a great success for, D- uh, for DDT, and I'm high for where we're going next, which is going to be on the 30th in Corken Hall, 
main evented by Harashima challenging the uh, the new extreme champion Kazuki Harada in a, <laughs> a very, I I was looking at the rules of this match because they announced it earlier this year uh, earlier today and it's a pretty it's a pretty big one a uh, intense battle <laughs> Kirado's Miraculous Allies Gather. No Torch Captain Falls to count and handicap deathmatch against Hiroshima. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Kazuki Hirata is, is, is the captain, of course, but he also has a broom with him. He has a Kukeshi doll. He has a chair. He has a grilled chicken. He, ha he has an X. And he has other merry ultimate fighters, and all of them will go against. Hiroshima in the defense. I am really high for that. <laughs> real wrestling. Real wrestling right there. <laughs> yep. Of course you of course Hirata would bring in that. We know that the X can't be Toro Washi because he is injured in the neck after uh, after Peter Pan, which I forgot to mention. Uh, but I mention it now. So get well both Owashi and Endo because both of them are injured right now. Then the semi-final on the, the Korokan Hall show on the 30th. Mao, Toikojima, and Yuki Ueno of the Sonic Kamina versus Daisuke Sasaki, Kanon, and Konosuke Takeshita. So we, I forgot to mention it uh, when we talked about Peter Pan. But after the post-match, like... After post show like credits almost, it was a post match a post credit scene of Daisuke Sasaki sitting in the hallway and and obviously looking very defeated and Kenosuke Takeshita walking past and offering him an, a handshake which he took. So now Kenosuke Takeshita is teaming with Damnation TA versus Son the Sonic Mina and that is. A very special like moment, and we'll we'll see how that that plays out. I am definitely looking forward to that match. Yeah, yeah. they basically. Yeah, go ahead, Dylan. Uh, I was gonna say, um, you know, I think it's a far cry from where you know we, we a lot of people thought they might go with Takeshita on the on the show, but uh, this to me felt like. Um, you know, and I don't know what they're going to do with it, but I, I feel like they're kind of speed running through a lot of, you know, stuff Takeshita hasn't got to do in DDT yet. And this is kind of what they're like, this is kind of where we're going now with the heel turn. So obviously he aligns with his enemy of damnation. Uh, I just wonder how long he's going to be around for, for DDT going forward. Yeah, I think uh, it's really interesting. Um, they they booked this match for me to to simply be more broken than I was from Yuki vs Takeshita, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this, especially Kojima and Takeshita. That's that's the that's what I'm looking for the most. Uh, of course, Takeshita said he doesn't plan on joining the nation, uh, mm. but he, he he will team with Aizuka Sasaki because he needs to put put. He needs to uh, teach uh, Sonic Mina a a lesson, basically, and it, it seems like he is definitely like. I feel like this will be 
his last match for a while in DDT, but he will be def he will definitely be back because I see I see them doing Chris versus Takeshita at Ultimate Party in Sumo Hall in November, so that is my predicted main event for that show. I think it's gonna be tough because unless he's gonna win the title, I mean we we just don't know if AEW will allow him to lose ultimately. <laughs> it all I think... I I think it depends on what he will say about it. <laughs> I, I, I think Saki will ch challenge. Like I don't think Takeshi is going to challenge for the. Battle. I don't think Saki will defense challenge in their last match. I I just I can't imagine him them allowing him to lose. Maybe they will, but I think it's going to be tough. Like with we'll how see. they've we'll you see. know with how they've used their other guys on the Indies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I mean maybe I mean that's the match I want to see. I'd rather see Takeshi. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do it because he's the best wrestler. So, so I want him in all of the big matches. Uh, but you know, we'll have to see where he goes. But I think this is kind of a message that, hey, like I said, this feels like we're kind of speed running what he could do in the next month or two. So, and then he'll be gone for good. Like, like I think there's going to be a time in the near future where his days at DDT are probably going to be done outside of maybe a major appearance, like once a year or so. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, I, I. We'll definitely see where the story leads in this match, but for Takeshita. But when we go over to the other match that is like a special six man tag on this show, Eruption, Hideki Katana, and Saki Kai, and Yuku Sakaguchi, the new KOD six man title champions, facing a very like random team, but a pretty cool team for me uh, of Masahiro Takanashi, uh, Tanomasaka, Tano uh, Toba, or Toba Tomonasuka, whatever. A, and Shuji Ishikawa of Ultra Battle. This kind of is a a because I think Shuji Ishikawa being here was is because of course that uh, eruption made the challenge for the KLD no uh, no for the All Japan TV six man tag titles after they won the KLD and they and then All Japan are sending Shuji Ishikawa here to I uh, it kind of assess them maybe but. Of course, Shuji Ishikawa isn't the champion, the K uh, the All Japan TV six-man champions. The, the All Japan six-man champions right now is ATM, Takao Mori, and Black Mensure. And they have already confirmed that Eruption will be challenging them for the six uh, TV six-man titles in All Japan. And they will also be putting up the KOD six-man tag titles in a winner-take-all uh, match on... The August twenty seventh Nagoya show in All Japan Pro Wrestling. So um, we'll. S uh, I I think we will be having eruption uh, as double double All Japan and KOD six man champions uh, after that show. But we'll. They could. They could, They always could put the put the KOD six man titles on ATM Takoa Moria Black Mensure. It's not impossible. Oh, they they fit in the DDT, uh, you know. It's the six man titles. It's they, either either way could happen, but they kind of set this up on the Ultra Fan show where ATM was like, he specifically said, "I don't care who challenged. It could be uh, any gender, man or woman, whatever." Blah blah blah. So everybody thought it would be Unagi Sayaka, who's been doing a lot of stuff with All Japan lately. But instead, we get Saki Akai getting a shot for the titles. Yeah. I'd love to see them all more in All Japan, actually, though. Uh, I think that would be very fun uh, if, if they could work something out with them. Yeah. Uh, but DDT and All Japan cross-promoting once again. Yeah. Pretty cool. 
Um, and uh, this this uh, Cork and Hall match on the 30th sounds also pretty cool with Juju Shikawa. Uh, that is also, by the way, Yuki Sakaguchi's 50th birthday match. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, how about that? Then uh, the next match on this Korokan, Yuki Sexy Eno, Dungeon Kutani Dino of the Pheromones versus Akito and Naruki Toy. <laughs> what did Naruki Toy ha- do to get dragged into this? <laughs> I don't think we've seen Naruki Toy uh, versus Pheromones yet. No, I, we haven't. I am sure some uh, Dragon Gate hardcore fans are going to be mad about that match. Yeah, uh, Naruki Dai, will he make the pheromones watchable? No. <laughs> Just no. Uh, another six-man tag, uh, tag match on the show. Takeshi Masada, Antonio Honda, and the new KOD Openweight t- champion Chris Brooks versus Kotaro Suzuki, Yuki Ishida, and Kasusara Higuchi. That is a pre- pretty cool match. Kotaro Suzuki teaming up with Haramao sounds pretty cool. Then another match, uh, Yuki Naya, Makoto Oishi, Yuji Hino versus Yusuke Okada, Yuyo Kuruku, and Yu Nakayama. A pretty normal uh, six-man uh, match in DDT. Next, MJ Paul and Minoru Fujita versus Soma Takao and Rukia. Okay. And then a dark match, Yuni versus Kasuma Sume. So a pretty good uh, Cork and Hall show on the 30th. And we will definitely be covering that. Probably in next week's episode, because it's this Sunday, uh, this show. So, definitely look forward to uh, hearing our thoughts on that show next week, when the Yamek will be back. Absolutely. Uh, some last-minute DDT talk before we move over to the King of the Gate. Uh... Mao was confirmed to be part of the All-Star Junior Festival show in the USA on the 19th of August. And he that match has already been set. That is the first match announced for the show is Mao and El Desperado teaming up versus Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver. That is a pretty cool match for me. That I, I think that match could be really fun. Yeah, the aspect of Despy and Mao teaming up is very, very cool. I, I love that team. Yes. So, with that being said, now we'll move over to some light King of Gate talk. We have three matches we haven't uh, talked about on the show yet. Uh, and those are, of course, the three quarterfinal matches that we have that are out by now. The last quarterfinal match, uh, Dragon Dia versus will be happening this Saturday on the 29th. But these shows these shows have happened, so we'll talk about the other matches in the quarterfinals before that. So, on the 22nd, the day before Peter Pan, live on the, live on the Dragon Gate Network, Dragon Gate was live from the Kobe Art Center. Big Boss Shimrisu versus Susumu Mochizuki and Madoka Kikura versus Shuji Kondo. Have both of you watched these two matches? I know Marbon is a pretty big Dragon Gate fan as well as uh, DDT, so I expect he has watched. Uh, watched yes, I, I have. So the first match, uh, Big Boss Shimizu versus Susumu Mochizuki. I thought this was a really fun quarterfinal match. Uh, Big Boss, 
a lot of Susumu doing like heat work, but it was really good because the crowd got pretty into Big uh, Big because of it, and they had a lot of cool hot spots between the two and the jumbo lariats in the ending stretch, uh, like trying to uh, put down boss but only firing him up more was just awesome. Uh, boss won with the shot put slam. Pretty great match. What do you guys think about this? I thought this match rocked. Uh, I, I was so impressed with both both of them, obviously. But Susumu always one of my favorites in the whole company, as always. Uh, Big Boss loves seeing him to get this push. I thought they matched stylistically. Susumu obviously coming in fresh after not not wrestling during this tournament yeah. at all. Uh, there, so you got a little bit of that there. But I thought there was a great energy to the match. They worked so well together. Uh, just a match I could watch. Like, I could watch these guys wrestle five times as long, and I think it still would have been great uh, overall. I just, I'm just i a big fan of both, and I thought they totally delivered a great quarterfinal match here. Perfect for what it was. It didn't... It wasn't trying to be epic. Uh, I didn't really even try to overshadow the main event, even though I, I thought this was the better match, actually, of, of, the, of the two. But yeah. I, I thought that they did a great job overall of playing their roles, but doing it perfectly. So I, I love this match a lot. Great win for Shimizu here. Yeah, I, I was really looking forward to this match because I loved their team when they were, uh, when Susumu was still in natural vibes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was really good. Former Twin Gate champions. Uh, the, and yeah, as Dylan said, this was a very, very good match. Um, it was simple. It was very good. Uh, the the Jumbo no Kachi uh, played a very big role in the match. Uh, I'm stoked for Shimizu, so he deserves this. And I genuinely hope he goes all the way and wins the, the tournament. Yeah, that, that could happen. Then the main event of this Kobe Art Center show, Madoka Kikura versus Shuji Kondo. Madoka Kikura wins after 20 minutes uh, with a right hand of god lariat i thought this was oh like almost as good as the first uh, as the first uh, previous match but it was a really fun match i i thought a lot of uh, it were it was very similarly worked to the previous match of kondo uh, of kondo dominating and leading to kikura getting hot, hot baby face fire and uh, shimizu was basically just staying ringside and watching the match and why, since he was staying ringside and watching the match, I had this feeling that Kikura was going to win because they wanted to do that that storyline and having them uh, look, look down at each other at the end of the match. And I, it turned out I was wrong, right, because uh, Kikura won, of course. Uh, I thought this was fun. What do you guys think about this main event? What do you think, Marwan? Uh, it was a pretty good match. I enjoyed this. Um, not more than the previous match, but it yeah. was still very good. I'd still say it's top five uh, best matches in the tournament. Yeah, good match. I think that I I really wanted them to go out and have a a shining banger uh, yeah. that they could have here that you can put at. And I don't think it quite reached that level, but it was still good, uh, you know. And I think Kikuda carried himself pretty well as kind of coming his comebacks were really strong very good babyface work on his part uh kondo a good gatekeeper type of guy that you could put in uh that you you know we, we see them try to go to him at times and i thought they did a good job of putting him here and now that kakuda won i thought okay uh this is pretty interesting you know moving the champion along 
but yeah. like you said, ultimately, I think we kind of know, like, you know, where, where they're going to go next with it. So uh, it was yeah. a, a good match. Yeah. Um, no, no condo win over Kikura, but I, I think we were a bit brave predicting that <laughs> uh, because I don't, I don't think they want to have condo uh, challenge for the title again. Even though I want that, but I, I don't think they did are are that interested in it. But that se- that set up the semifinals on the right side being Madoka Kikura versus uh, Big Boss Shimizu. So a big a big right side uh, semifinals uh, that is go- of course going to happen on August third with the other semifinal and the finals. So then we move over to the day after on the twenty third, the same day as Peter Pan. This was of course not a lot live; it was taped. Uh, and was uh, came out on the Dragon Gate Japan YouTube channel yesterday on the twenty fourth. So w- one day delay for this match, but I, I it's well because I, there was a lot of shows happening on the twenty third, so I wouldn't have been able to watch this live anyway. But it was King of Gate live from Yuruku uh, Plaza Gifu Japan, Konomawa Ishikawa, Yuki Oshioka, and Kota Minora's homecoming show. The first match I want to talk about on this YouTube Digest is not a King of Gate match, but it is Yoshiki Kato's return match. Uh, I thought, as a match, it didn't do anything for me, but I I really liked Yoshiki Kato being back, and his, his new gear was pretty cool, and he, he did the Gone Kid gimmick, and it was a really charming return for him. What do you guys think about uh, Yoshiki Kato being back? great it's good that they're reloading i mean we saw nagano come back uh, from injury and now he he's here too i mean like i said I'm, everybody knows he's got superstar upside so uh, good to have him back what do you think about him dropping the pa- uh, the pants his new his new gear said uh, hey listen we all got to go through ch- stages of our career he's trying to go into some good times but if he's smart he'll go with the shorts as we know all the greatest wrestlers uh, wear shorts Yes. Yeah, I, I think uh, he's got a lot of potential. I really like him. Uh, and he, and he's a good. Um, uh, he he's different. Yeah, he's different than other than the other rookies. He's big. He he's big. I like the bull horns on the back of the the shorts. It reminds me of the Tormund logo. It's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we of course are going to talk about the main match on the show Yuki Oshoka versus Kota Minora, quarterfinal match on the left side. The two homecoming boys going out there and having one of, one of the best matches of the tournament, in my opinion. It didn't reach the highs of the two last matches on the Corican on the opening night, but I thought this was definitely the best night outside of the, those two Corican matches. Kota Minora defeats Yuki Oshoka with the Golden Rose at 21 minutes and 4 seconds. And amazing chemistry. Just an awesome match for me. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, I, I really, really like these two. Uh, like they're, they're my guys. So uh, you'd imagine how I was kind of underwhelmed from their Kobe match. It, it wasn't a bad match, but um, it, it lacked for me, so I was very, very happy and pleased to see them get uh, a much better match out of each other. 
and and this is still not their this is not their best match yet. We're still gonna get that down the road. Yeah. Uh, very very special for it to be in their hometown, and uh, finally Kota Kota got a big win. I love this. Yeah, I thought that uh, you know they did a good job working their style of match. Uh, went really really back and forth. I thought they had a very good performance. On a smaller show, uh, even if it is their hometown, it felt like they tried to elevate things uh, for this quarterfinal yeah. match. Obviously not a final. I thought they did a good job of trying to elevate the show and their own work as well. Uh, I think that I've always been a fan of Yoshioka, and I just think that he's a great performer in the ring. Minoru obviously has had his ups and downs, but he he's had ups too. You know, we can't take yeah. that away from him as well overall. Uh, the, the closing stretch was obviously really good, and it feels like the tournament's really built around Minora, at least on his side, and uh, it seems like we're heading towards a pretty pretty interesting final uh, with, yeah. with him in there. So it uh, would have been better if the Golden Rose was a rose-like maneuver, however, instead of the, <laughs> the Fire Thunder driver. Yeah. Um, I remember last year after their, their Dreamgate match at Kobe World, people were saying that these two have no right being in in the Kobe World main event or being in title matches going forward, and uh, it was it was a very very like moment of these two last year in the Kobe World main event had so much going against it. They it was such a weird build. Everything about it felt so cold. Like last summer was terrible for these for this this match. Like they 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 weren't given a fair shot to have the match they they could have had and last year's match w- while being worked pretty good uh, ult- ultimately felt very cold because the whole storyline was cold cold and it was such an obvious like yoshioka is going to retain because he won the title the day before like everything about last year didn't work at all and them now getting the chance here to get to show everyone that they they have fantastic chemistry you just have to like they now they are both at their their best and Kota Minora of course he has to like this whole year he has been on a mission to like redeem himself for from last summer and you can see it in every every like big match he has had this year the Kikura match uh, the normal contendership match where he had with Kikura the all the triangle gate matches Everything about him this year has been feeling like he's he just wants to prove that he's not he's not the the cold guy he was last year last summer, and I think people need to move on from talking about it. And I I, I of course will bring it up uh, as a I I told you so because I told everyone last year that this is just a situation because of their the whole story. These two are still great. Don't worry. They just need a good thing going. And here we see that with when they don't have something as cold as what last summer's build was, they can do this. In front of 596 fans in their hometown, which is a pretty good crowd for a very small building. So, I'm hyped. Yeah, he's gonna have his chances. Uh, Minora is in the next, you know, the next little while. So let's see what he does next in his next big match. Yeah. 
yeah, uh, we'll we'll of course talk more about the King of Gate next week when the la- uh, the last uh, quarterfinal is done, and we'll talk about the DDT Corgan, and we'll probably me, Yannick, and Dylan will probably give out some awards for the ha- the half year for both our companies now that the big shows are done. So next next week's episode is going to be a bit of a mix between everything when the whole trio is gathered again. Marwan, thank you so much for coming on to, to the show, filling in for Yannick this week. Thank you. It was, it was, I was really happy that uh, you could, you could come on because I've wanted to have you on for a while because we're, we're of course really close friends and I, I, it's been, I'm really happy that you come on, that, that you came on and it was a great idea by Yannick. Uh, we, we tried to make it work so that he could, he could join, but he is, of course, very busy with traveling home from Japan. Getting to Japan is always a, a rough spot, so getting home is also a rough thing. <laughs> so, good luck on Yannick on his return journey home. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Anything you guys want to say? Marwan, plug your stuff. Uh, I have a dead Twitter account, so if you guys want to follow that. Uh, yeah, I really have nothing to plug. I- I'm just really happy that... Uh... I was able to be on, on a show that's very, it has a lot of love and heart put into it. It's just uh, guys that love the product talking about it and uh, occasionally slandering some things. So, uh, yeah, that's all. I don't know who would do that on this show, talking bad about stuff. No, no idea who would do that, but uh, listen to Eastern Lariat, my other show. We talk about all kinds of Japanese wrestling. Uh, doing a lot of these G1 shows in the middle of the tour. I wonder if people are getting like tired of, G- of G1 at this point, especially after the last show. I think a lot of people got <laughs> very tired of the tournament itself, but hopefully they still give us a chance. And um, yeah, just uh, follow me on Twitter at Viva underscore zero. Uh, I actually made a Blue Sky account. Uh, Dr. Jonathan invited me to that, so if anybody wants to follow me on there, uh, just uh, Viva zero dot bsky.social on there um, I don't really understand Blue Sky to be honest with you but I'm I'm trying you know, I'm trying my best just in case yeah. the world implodes yeah I don't know what that is but all the power to you <laughs> just, just in case X fails you know oh yeah mm. of course X so yeah, yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well, you, can, you can find you can find us all on X <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll put uh, Marvel's Twitter Twitter handle in the 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 description of the show so you you'll find it but thank you for coming on and thank you all for listening as always until next time be ready wake up and go (laughs) 